It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Praise the Lord. Hey, good morning. Great to have you here. Now listen, Louisa, in the front row is my wife, Louisa. Louisa and I have been married 25 years. Not 25 years today, so you don't have to give us anniversary gifts, although we do take cash and uh, I I have a Venmo account if that's... uh, um, Been married 25 years. One of the things that actually, one of the sort of the odd things that characterised our first 10 years of marriage was that Louisa would regularly fall over. Stick around. We, we would be out walk, walking through Mount Lawley, going to a coffee shop, boom, down. We'd be just, you know, making our way down lay, uh, aisle seven of the supermarket, boom, down. One time, one time we're, in, we're in literally in the heart of London and, the, you know, the green man comes on so you can cross the road and we're crossing the road in, right in the middle of London, boom, down. And it's like, man, you have a very, very, very strict window of time that you need to make it to the other side of the road in London because London people got to be somewhere. So you got to get up and you got to get moving. So I scraped her off the ground and we made it just in time when the light, when the, red, the man turned red. Felt like Louisa had cheated death in that moment. And, uh, and here's the odd thing. We, every time it happened, you know, it's sort of like, get her up, you okay? Yeah. And then look, look for, for the cause. Is there a, was there a, a you know, crack in the footpath? Was there a slab that was out? Was there some cartoon character throwing out banana peels? Not once was there any actual evidence that anything caused this. 10 years this went on for. Now, the last 15 years, Louisa hasn't fallen once. And we don't know what changed. But I share that story because actually it's kind of somewhat indicative of how life is. And I think that you already know this, that, that often in life, you could just be walking along, doing your thing. And despite you not doing anything to cause it, to anything wrong, sometimes you just find yourself tripping, stumbling and, and maybe falling over. And, and here's what's important for us to understand right off the bat here. Just as Louisa fortunately had me to scoop her up when necessary, uh, God is always willing and able to walk alongside us and He will pick us up. In fact, His intention is not for us to do life alone. So parents, I don't give parenting advice, but let me drop this at you. You don't have to parent alone. Relationships, hello. You don't have to navigate them alone. In your job, your business, your career, you don't have to journey through it alone. And I, and I say this is an observation, not criticism, but I meet people on the regular who are strung out and exhausted. And in some cases, in fact, many cases, we can determine that they are doing life in their own strength. In other words, and I say this is going to sound a bit strong, in other words, they've put more faith in themselves and their own ability and their own strength and their own limited power and have not either cultivated or have stopped depending on God whose power is actually 
unlimited. So I want to invite you today to become more intentional about this whole big idea of what it means to keep the faith. So this is a series we launched last week, Keep the Faith. And the series is inspired by some of the people throughout history who demonstrated great faith. They weren't perfect. Some of them were extremely dysfunctional, make your family look like the perfect family by comparison. And yet in the course of their lives, they demonstrated great faith and were actually used by God to do incredible things. Some of them are captured in a letter, in a chapter of a letter in the new part of the Bible, new part of the Bible, aka the New Testament. This letter is called the letter to the Hebrews. And essentially it was a letter to Jewish Christians, or probably to Jewish Christians who had been brought up in the Jewish faith, had become followers of Jesus. And then that was tough for them. And that still happens today in in some cultures where people change teams, uh, got disassociated from their family and relationships. They lost money, they lost possessions. They lost opportunities. And some of them started to question whether all of that was worth it. All this persecution, all this loss that we're feeling, is it worth it? And some of them started to drift back to their old way of life and essentially turn away from following Jesus. And this writer, one of the things he did when, or he or she, we don't actually know who wrote it. One of the things that the writer did is actually wrote down a list of the great Jewish people who in history had demonstrated great faith to say, to remind them, because those same people also uh, faced uh, persecution and discouragement and distraction and opposition, and yet ultimately had kept the faith. And this list of people, we find it in chapter 11, uh, has kind of affectionately become known as the hall of faith. So what we're doing is over the next couple of months, we're just going to each week uh, kind of look at the, some of the lives of these Hall of Faith members and learn what we can learn for our lives today. This idea of faith, in fact, the writer in that very chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, drops this bomb. It's impossible, big word, to please God without faith. Not difficult, impossible. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists. Okay, great. I said this last week. Jesus makes the point that even the devil believes God exists. So that's not the end of the journey there. And, and this is what faith does, that you learn that He, God, rewards those who sincerely seek Him. So this is saying that faith matters. It's impossible to please God without faith. And The reason we're teaching this series and the reason we're going on this journey is faith is not fixed. Faith is something that can actually grow. You can actually increase your faith. Not in this sort of nebulous, like I've just got more faith in very specific ways because some people have great faith in God in this area of their life, but but don't yet trust Him in the same way in another area of their life, okay? So we can grow in our faith. And what you'll start to discover as you grow in your faith is you'll be less likely to say God's no for him. It's like, well, what if he says no? But what if he says yes? Don't say his no for him. Go to him. As we say in Australia, mate, give it a shot. As you grow in faith, when you start to stumble and trip and fall, you'll actually go to God first, not as your last resort. You'll rely on 
Him more and your own limited strength and resources less. So look, this is verse six and I double clicked on this last week. You can go back and listen to it. Let me rewind it. In, yep, go, go ahead, not you rewind. I'll do the rewinding here. Thank you, Bradley. It was, this is the first mention that we're doing in this series of one of these Hall of Faith members. In verse five, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God and without faith, it's impossible to please God. First of all, this is a couple of things I just take away straight away. I mean, he went up to heaven without dying. What a way to go. Hello. So there's that. But I don't think that's the most important thing that the writer highlights here. It's this. He was known as a person who pleased God. What an incredible thing to have said about somebody. What if that was what's said to you, not just like in your eulogy, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, that this is somebody who pleases God. So there's actually a huge clue as to what it was that Enoch did that was so remarkable that caused the writer of Hebrews to just simply say, apart from... (laughs) went up to heaven without dying. He was known as a person who pleased God. So, got your smartphone cameras. How about you scan this uh, flow code? It's gonna take you to Genesis chapter five, right back in the beginning. First book of the Bible, chapter five. And uh, this, the writer of Genesis actually uh, eventually gets to Enoch. But what you find in chapter five is, is it's, it's like a genealogy, okay? It's a, it's a chronology, a genealogy of these various people. And as you read through Genesis chapter five, you, you, you see the exact same thing being said of this person followed by this person followed by this person. It says they lived and then they died. And then the next one up lived and then died. And then the next one up lived and then died. Then the writer gets to Enoch and they break their rhythm and add a very important detail. Enoch didn't just live and die. No, he walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. And in case you missed it the first time, let me point it out again. Enoch walked faithfully with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. So you're hitting this chapter of Genesis and you say exists, died, exists, died, existed, died, existed, died. But Enoch enters history and experienced a different quality of life. And the clue is spoken about twice. Now, before I get to that, I understand some of you are hung up on the 365 years. You're like, what, what vitamins was he taking? I want to know his workout plan. That sounds pretty good to me. Let me just address that so we can move on. Uh, this chapter five is actually a genealogy and a chronology leading up to the flood. The flood was a time in history where God judged the entire earth. And up to that point in time, people seem to live a very long life. And then the flood happened and God declared after the flood, from this day forward, nobody will live more than 
120 years. So something changed. I can't explain it. You can go and check it out for yourself. But it's not the most important thing that the writer highlights here. So let's move on to the most important thing, what it means to walk with God, what it means to walk by faith. Because just like Enoch did, you and I can walk with God as well. And just like Enoch did, you and I can please God as well. We don't have to merely exist and then die, exist and then die, exist. What were they known for? Uh, Existing and now they're dead. Just like Enoch, we can also experience a different, a higher quality of life. And the clue is we get to that, we achieve that, we experience that by learning how to walk with God. So that's all I'm going to do today, just as we kind of fly through the rest of this morning. And I'm only going to do walking with God 101, okay? Because you don't get to do the PhD stuff until you pass 101. So I'm just going to do one-on-one. If some of you think you've already graduated that, fine, pick up your phone, start scrolling Instagram, that's up to you. Uh, But I want to talk about just accessible stuff that will position us alongside God. And the first one is prayer. Uh, yeah. Listening and talking. Talking and listening. It's kind of what prayer is. And it identifies that consistent and effective communication, which is two ways, is actually integral to every healthy and growing relationship. Louie and I, we're very different people. We, we, are, we, we are the poster children for opposites attract. And uh, we actually process things differently. Now, Louisa processes things by talking them out loud. Anyone a loud, out loud processor? Yeah, great. Don't be shy. Like, that's it's legitimate. Um, and I'm the other guy. I'm the, I'm the I process things by thinking about it. In fact, by the time I've arrived at my decision, that's when you're probably first going to hear about it. It's like... So the thing is then when Louise is processing something, everyone in the vicinity knows because they're hearing it in, in real time. And when I'm processing things, there's actually no external clues, right? I just look like I don't care. This week, Louisa, as an educator, she's on, uh, on leave. Uh, God bless the educators, and I hope you're halfway recharged, halfway through the holidays. Um, so we're in the same part of the house, and Louisa's evidently processing things because she's talking out loud, and she was either talking to our puppy or to me, but look, that's the only creatures that were in the same place. And I had this really big thing going on in my brain that I was processing, but Louisa didn't know that. And it's just kind of happening. And uh, something caught my attention. Um, Silence. And I was like, well, that's unusual. (laughs) So I look over to the couch. There's Louie. And she's looking at me like this. (laughs) Giving me like the serial killer look. And I'm like, uh, yes. Well, I'm like, well, what? Well, I just asked you a question. And I'm like, but I was thinking. 25 years in, that didn't need 
to spark the divorce papers being filed. It just was like, okay, well, let me just repeat everything I just told you. Only this time, can you listen and not think for yourself? That'd be great. Um, but we've had to learn that, that, that developing effective communication, it, it, it's, it's not automatic. It takes intentionality and consistency. But don't think of it as work. Think of it as an investment. Because in that relationship, there's actually a return on that investment as you cultivate effective communication. So with prayer, one of the most liberating things that I could tell you about prayer is that there is not a one-size-fits-all approach, okay? If anyone tells you there is, what they're kind of pointing out is they found something that works for them, and hopefully if they're well-intentioned and not a sociopath, they're only telling you because they want you to experience what they've experienced. But the reality is we're all wired differently. So we all kind of ought to approach God differently. For some people, uh, they've got a specific spot. This is my prayer couch. This is my prayer room. This is my prayer closet, which is, I, get, I guess, to shut out the distractions. Um, I've tried that doesn't work. My brain just goes a thousand different directions because it's like, oh my gosh. For me, I actually find the best place for me to pray is when I'm out in my garden, in Marco's urban farm, just pottering around. Disconnected from technology. If you want me, you ain't going to find me. And I'm in nature and it's just, just something and I can just start hanging out and, and communicating with God. That works for me. For something like gardening. I mean, I, Louise, this is another thing we were different. Louise like, I really love the outdoors, uh, but there needs to be something that I'm viewing from the other side of a glass panel of some description. So, oh, it's a lovely day outside. Yeah. Um, some people go walking. Some people go into nature. Some people follow a pattern. That, that's kind of, that's how they're wired and it works. Let me show you one. And I'm not selling this because I've tried this and it doesn't work for me, but it's called ACTS. And, and, it, and it just looks like this, that you might say, I'm going to take 10 minutes very specifically. Now, this could be while you're in your car, if you're driving somewhere, could be on a walk, could be sitting in a couch, could be, and, and, and it just looks like this, that you start with a door. God, you are amazing. You're king of kings. You're incredible. I love you. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm in your life and I just thank you for everything. Then confess. Dun, 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 dun. But it's just God listening, so you're good. Just tell him, God, man, I did it again. I said it again. I'm coming to you to talk about that thing that I started thinking about again. Just like last time, will you please forgive me because I, I really need that. And then thankful. Just, be, just thank God for, for all the incredible things he's doing. And this actually causes you to actually kind of look for them and then you will find them. And then finally, and by the way, this is the last on the list, although a lot of people would put this first on the list and then a lot of people only have this on their list. God, I need the following. Here's my list. Uh, which is valid. Like, go to God, sure, if, you, if needs. Of course, go to God for that. But this is kind of the order. But this is an example. Now, you can, you can if this is like, oh, I might give that a try. Give it a try. I'm not going to teach any more on it. I'm just saying this is an example of something that works for some people. If you're like a process person, this might be your shtick. Whatever your approach is, understand this when it comes to prayer, listening and talking, talking and listening, the function, the, the function, is more important than the form. 
It literally is about whatever works for you to be able to develop this communication with God. Now, the next one, I said it's, it's 101, is the Bible. See, you could have written this message yourself. You're like, well, here's, what's three things? Well, you're going to say prayer. Yep. You're going to say the Bible. Yep. Uh, because here's the thing about the Bible. The Bible's not like anything else we read. It's not like your news feed. It's not like your social media captions. It's not even like any other book. I mean, it's a history book, but it's not merely a history book. It's a dramatic narrative, but it's not merely a dramatic narrative. In fact, this is the thing to, that we, that, that, that's imperative we recognize. It's actually the written, revealed Word of God. This same writer of the letter to the Hebrews wrote this about God's Word. God means what He says. What He says goes. His powerful Word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, that'd be helpful, uh, laying us open to listening, I've already mentioned that, and obeying, I'm gonna come back to that. But another couple of versions talk about this, God's Word is alive and active. Another version says God's Word is alive and powerful, alive. It's like, oh, well, I read that once before. It's God's Word is alive. And in fact, that's the very reason why some of you, when you're reading God's Word, you feel like God's Word's reading you. It's like, hang on a second. It's like, yeah, that's called a word in season, that God's gonna, gonna, God's gonna hit you. God's gonna hit you with something. And it's because His Word is alive and active and powerful. Look, if I look a little bit tired at the moment, it's because it's the end of week one of the Tour de France. And I'm a bit of a fanboy, okay? That's not true. I go to bed before SBS even starts broadcasting it. What I do is the next morning, I listen and watch Lance Armstrong's podcast slash vodcast. He's been doing this for seven. This is his seventh season with a couple of his uh, mates and former teammates and so on and so forth. Anyway, two years ago, I'm listening to this, uh, it's like a daily recap and then a preview of the next stage and they give their experiences of, you know, when they were at the top of the sport, this, that and the other. And yes, he took drugs, but so did everyone else. So I know, okay. Um, so I was listening, two years ago I was listening and I can't remember what the backstory was. I wish I could. I've been all week, I'm like, oh, how did this come about? But anyway, for some reason, one of the listeners to the podcast that year had sent in an inspirational quote. I don't know if that's what, I, they, I, I, I can't, if, hey, if you've got something inspiring that helps you get through your, your workouts, your training sessions, send them in. I don't think it was that, could have been that. Anyway, whatever it was, one of the listeners to his uh, podcast sent this inspirational quote in and, and, and prefaced it with uh, just like, heads up, this is from the Bible. Now, to actually get on the show, it's had to go through the producer. It's had to go through the talent. They're like, well, no, that doesn't, that's not even going to rate. Okay. This had made it through all the filters and it's now on Lance's read sheet for the show. And Lance says, yeah, yeah. One of the guys sent his name's whatever, Billy Bob. Uh, he sent us in. He says, warning, this is from the Bible. And, he's, and Lance goes, well, I read this. He goes, listen, I'm not religious. He's saying this on his show, on his Tour de France show. I'm not religious, but listen to this. Do you not know 
this, I mean, he's reading it and he's reading it with this amount of enthusiasm, okay? Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. No, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to the others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. And then he says, dang, maybe I am religious. And you're like, no, Lance, you just got hit by the Word of God that is alive and powerful and active. And I'm there in my little training room here in Kensington, screaming at my TV, Lance, plenty more where that came from, buddy. There's a whole book full of stuff like that. If you're interested, it's free. Neighbours like, can you keep it? (laughs) But it has never been easier to access God's Word that is alive, active, and powerful. In fact, I'm pretty sure almost every single one of you already have God's Word on you. Not just on you, but you have it totally free in 3,000 different versions 2,000 different languages. And for those of you that don't like to read, 1,500 audio versions. Someone's going to do the work for you. And it's free. It's called the Bible app. You're like, yeah, he's going to talk about the Bible app. Yeah, the Bible app. Absolutely I am. Now, you can buy a paper Bible. By the way, you know paper Bible, right? It's like the number one best-selling non-fiction book like, like all the time. So when you read the New York Times bestsellers list, they don't even put the Bible on there. It's like, yeah, the Bible's number one. Okay. So they just like shoved that to the side. Like we know. Anyway, this is the digital version. Um, you can get it for iPeople. I what are they called, Jared? Jared. iPhone, iPad people, uh, Android. So it's all there in your Google Play, your Apple App Store. You can get it for iPhone or phone, tablet. I like the tablet because my eyesight's terrible. The more real estate, the better. It's actually created by one single church, which is like super cool. Uh, and they're not, prop- there's not, nothing for sale on this thing. They use it, they, they see this as part of their digital missions strategy as a church. And so the people in the church actually give to fund this going out around the world. It's pretty wild. Um, and let me just give you a flyover of some of the features. I use this nearly every day. I know I'm supposed to say every day, nearly every day, all right? It's just how it is. This is my screen grab. So, duh, it's got the Bible. Now, this is Hebrews 11, and you can just read the Bible. You can switch versions. This, this is me reading it from the message version. But, you know, I even like to switch versions while I'm reading it. Like, I read it in the message, and I go, oh, I wonder what the New, New International Version says about that very thing or whatever. And you just click, boom, 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 boom. All right, what's the next thing? Plans, of course. So this week's plan, it's the one on the top of the list. We did this week the Hall of Faith. And I still have to finish the one from the Holy Spirit. And then I've got some others that I'm doing in my own speed. But not only is there the plans that like you choose or we feature a plan. I'll come back to that in a second. You, well, go back. You can see at the top, uh, plans, all plans, and then the little tab next to that says find plans. When you click that, it'll just come up with themes. So you just type in faith, and then there's like 
dozens and dozens of plans on faith, on, on work, on finances, on relationships, on anxiety, on, it's like, it's so good. Um, all right, now, go Bradley. One of the things we've been doing for the last few months, they, the, the, the Bible app developers launched this uh, feature where you can set a church, your church, Elevate Church, as my church in the Bible app. You just scan this QR code, it's gonna take you there. And then we publish a featured plan every Monday, pointing back to what we've taught on the Sunday. So that's why this week, and it's still there if you haven't grabbed it yet, is this week's featured plan is on the Hall of Faith. It's a four-day featured plan. I think I knock it off by Thursday or Friday. It's great. Just really, really simple, straightforward. Tomorrow, we're gonna put something up about walking by faith as a featured plan. And you can just get in there. Um, more, more and more people are becoming friends in the Bible app, so you can encourage people. It's not spying on you. Oh, where have you been? No, it's like encouraging one another, and then you'll see what something else is. It's just so good. And then if you really, really, if all this is too much, there's an entry-level option as well. On the landing page, is just called the verse of the day. What you may not know, some of you know this, you're like, yeah, I get it, it's a landing page on the verse of the day, um, is they just added this reasonably new feature where they've videoed like a well, uh, uh, reputable uh, Christian leader to just speak for a few minutes, two, three, four minutes on that verse. And so like that could even be your thing, just uh, doing that. Five minutes maybe is gonna be the investment in your day. So that is all there. Finally, respond. This is the one that looks the most like walking because this is the one that requires a next step because what's going to happen a lot of the time, can't promise you every time, a lot of the time is when you're praying and or when you're reading God's Word, He'll actually put up a call to action specific to you. He might nudge you to uh, stop doing that. He might encourage you to start doing that. He might give you some instruction in that area of your life that's actually gonna reposition you in a better trajectory. He might nudge you to reach out to that person, to be generous in that area, to, to take that next step. And this is where, that's what I'm saying, this is where the walking looks the most like walking. It's about obeying and moving. And all of these three things, and there's more, I, I, I'm just keeping it simple today. Uh, we're going to be on this journey for the next couple of months. Um, all of these three things, what they do is they actually position us within arm's reach of God. Not hiding from Him, not running from Him, not visiting Him occasionally. Eastern Christmas, how's it going? Still on the throne? Okay, sure, see you next year. This is this idea of walking every day with God, just like Enoch did, and it pleased God. So we have a, a little puppy. Uh, she's one year old. She is a shit zoo. Um, 
Shih Tzus fall into the category of both of toy dogs, and they also fall into the category of low energy dogs. And I didn't even know there was such a category. I might, I've met some low energy humans, and I'm like, yeah, that's a category. But I didn't know that there was a category of dogs called low energy dogs. Well, turns out there is, and turns out that Shih Tzus fall into that category. When we, before we got our doggos, the first doggo we've had, before we got her, I had these visions, visions of going out on these wild, long adventures with my little puppy on the end of the leash, spending my lunch break out in the wild. What a way to recharge. Get back to work. I'll be like, yes, I've got some vitamin D. I've got some fresh air. Yeah, great. I soon discovered that our little puppy's maximum range cuts out at one kilometer. <laughs> and I discovered this the hard way because I'm like, come on, come on, pups, we're going. Put the harness on, put the leash on, we're going. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, straight out the door, she looks like she's been shot out of a cannon. It's like, it's her walking me and we're going and she's off. You know, doggos like to send and receive some P-mails, check out what's happening with the other doggos in the area, do a poo, sniff, 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 run, 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 see people, go past them like, yeah, yeah, I'm so cool, I'm so cool, my parents walking me, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're off. And... Um, <clears throat> Anyway, things were going really good. Uh, and we just sort of going like in one direction and then we just kind of like go a block and turn around, come back. It's like an out and back adventure. So we're about a kilometer from home and she just ripped on the handbrake and hit the skids. <laughs> now that was it. I'm done. Done. And I'm like, well, this is unexpected. And I was faced with two options. I was either going to have to pick her up and carry her home or call an Uber, which I strongly considered. But I did the pick up, walk home bit, get all the way back home. The neighbour's out in the front verge. Oh, how was your walk? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing. The entire time I was bringing her home, she's like the queen of the neighbourhood. Everyone, she's like, I got this sucker working for me. <clears throat> you know, when we, we don't just need God to, I mean, this is the thing about walking with God. It, it actually goes across the entire landscape of our lives. Walking with God when things are great when you're at full stride, when you're in that first one kilometre before you run out. And doing these things like this and these three things, just start there. Positions us. Remember, positions us. God never, never leaves the throne. It positions us within arm's reach of Him for those times when we do trip, when we do stumble, when we do fall, and when we're, we're just out, we're like, we, I got nothing left here. He promises to actually carry us on our journey. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after.
And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.